Sports Scene with Steve Russell continues here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. And on your phone with the WRUF radio app. Gator baseball coach Kevin O'Sullivan joins us at the bottom of the 1 o'clock hour. But now uh, it's my pleasure to bring in the head ball coach, Steve Spurrier. One of the things I I was going to ask Steve today, Steve, thanks for doing this. Um, For those who may not know this, the newly... Uh, reinvented USFL is going to begin play. And one of the teams in the league, the Tampa Bay Bandits, that's a team that Steve's very familiar with. Steve, that's what I wanted to ask you about. You go back in time, your memories of coaching with the Bandits. Tell us about it. Yeah, Steve, I tell you what, I was up at Duke University as an assistant coach, offensive coordinator, and uh, we had a couple of winning seasons up there, six and five, but we were fourth in the nation in offense. And Tom McEwen, a sports writer down there in Tampa, he told John Bassett, why don't you go interview that young guy, uh, Duke? They're going up and down the field with the ball, and you can get him cheap and uh, maybe add some excitement <laughs> down here. So at first they wanted me to come down there as offensive coordinator, and I said, no, nah. I said, I've already got that title here. I said, if I make a move, they're going to be calling me head ball coach after that. <laughs> so... Fortunately, uh, he hired me as the head coach, uh, and we had the lowest-paid coaching staff by far, the lowest-paid players by far, and the owner, owners around the league were told, told Bassett, you're going to get your butt kicked royally. you got no players. you got a guy who'd never been a coach before coming from Duke University. Well, John Reeves was our quarterback, and uh, John played fantastically. We had receivers. We had running back Gary Anderson, defense. Anyway, we opened up 4-0. And, uh, and, and, of course, the Bucks weren't doing very good back then. So we were the toast of the town there for a while. Our second year, we had our best team. Uh, we were 14-4. and And John Reeves threw for over 4,000 yards. We had two running backs that gained over 1,000. So that was one of the best offenses I think I'd ever coached. But anyway, uh, they they gave me an opportunity to be a head coach, and fortunately I was able to hang on for about 31 years. So I feel (laughs) very blessed that that league came around. And it's sort of interesting. They started it, and they just took over the names of that league. I don't think there's any connection with the former owners or anybody that was involved uh, about 30 years ago. So uh, anyway, uh, it's good to see it come. It's good for so many guys that love playing football, and there's just not enough room in the NFL for uh, all of them. So it'll give some a chance. But I tell you what, the NFL, they uh, I thought the, our uh, Alliance of American Football in Orlando, they would sign four or five of our guys, but I think they signed like one one or two, and that was about it. So, But it's good for uh, these guys that love to play football and coaches that are out of work. gives those guys a chance to do it also. Uh, where did the term bandit ball come from? Well, to tell you the truth, the John Bassett had a dog named Bandit. He came up to interview me, and I took him by my house to meet the wife and kids, and I said, that's my dog Bandit. We had a dog named Bandit also. He said, you're kidding. Wow. He said, did you name your dog before I got here? And I said, no, he was Bandit long before you ever thought about calling the Tampa Bay uh, team the Bandits. But uh, And we had Burt Reynolds, you know, as one of our minority owners or whatever, and uh, so Smokey and the Bandit, of course, that movie was real hot uh, right before that. And, of course, Burt Reynolds was real hot. So 
uh, you know, you got to get in a promotion. You got to do something to get the fans in the seats. We averaged over forty thousand that year, Steve. We I think the Buccaneers didn't average forty uh, back in eighty three, eighty four, and so forth. But uh, anyway, that, that's how the Bandits got there. Uh, the owner had a dog named Bandit, and then uh, Burt Reynolds was one of our uh, minority owners or whatever. Um, when you were coaching there, I, I know the owner there didn't spend money like you know some of the other teams did, but um, did you think the league would stick when you – I mean, obviously when you first got there, but as, as time went on, did, did you see the end coming of the USFL? Uh, well, you don't, you don't look that far ahead. Yeah. Obviously none of those spring leagues have lasted. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, what happened, uh, they had sort of a spending policy, <clears throat> uh, but I guess you can't enforce it legally. It's, uh, you know, freedom to, if I want to pay this guy a million bucks a year, uh, I can do it. Uh, I think we had a limit like you I don't know exactly what it was. Seventy-five thousand for mo- all the no player could go over seventy-five thousand except two. You could have like two superstars, and of course Herschel Walker signed with the league. Steve Young, uh, uh, Jim Reggie Kelly, White, yeah, yeah, Jim Kelly went with Houston. I mean, we had a bunch of superstars, so they could pay like two guys. Uh, but some of those wealthy owners, I mean, they didn't care how much they had to spend. They wanted to win the championship, so they started breaking that rule. And uh, when, and then uh, and then of course what happened? Trump uh, bought the New Jersey Generals, and it was his idea to try to merge uh, the league with the NFL. Uh, he, if he could merge, you know, two or three teams, he thought his would be one of them. Then he could have paid uh, about uh, I don't know fifteen twenty million for his, and then all of a sudden it'd be worth three hundred million. Uh, but that didn't work out, so the merger didn't work, and so we folded up, and that was the end of it after three years. Given what's happened, Steve, World Football League, XFL, your league, um, and now they're going to try the USFL again, and I guess the XFL is going to try next year. Do you think there is an audience for spring football that can be sustainable? Uh well, it can be sustainable. It just depends on how much they, they have to spend and so forth. Uh, but here's the thing I, I say, Steve, is uh, the XFL, I'm not sure how they did it, but they ought to they ought to go have individual ownership like the USFL did because there's plenty, plenty of wealthy dudes out there that don't, <laughs> don't give a damn about losing money if they can own a pro football team. You know, you can own a pro football team, and if you're the winner, you know, all your buddies are going to tell you how smart you are and pat you on the back and all that. So, to me, I, I think they ought to go find some guys, you know, in, in the towns around the country that are, you know, got too much money and let them be the owners and uh, and have some kind of salary cap. If they do that, I think they, they might can sustain uh, football in the summer. And the last thing, I don't know how many practices you've been to, but you know all the all the information about what Billy Napier has done coming here and you know getting things together here has been very positive. Is that the is that the vibe you're getting as well from that staff? Oh yeah, uh, Steve, and just reading the players' comments too, I, I really like that about how uh, you know the defense is a lot better than it used to be. Guys know what to do and they can play full speed. That's one thing. Uh, I know we all used to sit up here, and the defense had trouble lining up occasionally because of this, that, or the other. But 
I think uh, yeah, discipline and attitude and accountability uh, somehow or another slipped away last year from the team, and uh, and I'm not blaming Dan Mullet. You know, assistant coaches they're all in charge of their position, and uh, but in the final analysis, the head coach is in charge of everything, mm-hmm. and that's uh, pretty much what happened, as we all know. So I think uh, Billy Napier is going to put a team out there that we're all going to be proud of. I think they're going to hustle. They're going to tackle. They're going to play smart. Uh, I read in the paper we were 120th in the nation in penalties last year. I didn't realize we were quite that bad. But, uh, yeah, I think it'll be a team that uh, the Gators will enjoy watching. And, you know, this Thursday night we've got the spring game, Mm -hmm. 7 o'clock. And I might want to add we've got a fundraiser out on the north lawn uh, between University Avenue and the stadium. And I'll be there, and it's to raise money for Shan's uh, Pediatric Cancer Center. So the fans can come by, and uh, uh, I think there's a little admission to it, and take some pictures and an autograph or two or something like that. And a bunch of former players. I'm not sure who all is going to be there, uh, but they've invited a bunch of former Gator players. So I'll be there with those guys and hopefully uh, raise a lot of money for the Pediatric Cancer Center here in town. Yeah, it's a good cause. Steve, I appreciate you. Uh, Thanks for taking time to do this. Okay, Steve. Good talking to yes, you. Yes, same. Bye-bye. Thank you, Coach Steve Spurrier, the head ball coach, on his remembrances of the Tampa Bay Bandits.